Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. The 103rd Psalm says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all thine iniquities and who heals all thy diseases. Thankful to know there's no sickness that he can't heal, no disease that he cannot cure, no problem that he cannot fix, no addiction he cannot break, no sin he cannot forgive, no soul he cannot save. What a great, big, wonderful God that we serve. Why don't you just lift your hands high and shout hallelujah to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. It is a joy and privilege to be at Calvary this evening. We were rejoicing with what he did this morning in Greenwood and this afternoon in Canby. And I've just come with expectation in my heart and anticipation in my spirit, ready to see what he's going to do right now in this service. And so we give honor to Pastor and Sister Carson and to all the ministry of this great church. There's a list of friends and family members that are here just delighted that you have come to worship the Lord with us this evening. And happy that my wife and my son Shiloh are with me tonight. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to open and read from the book of 2 Timothy, the second chapter. And we're going to begin at verse number 7. We're going to read down to verse number 9. Didn't the IBC choir do an excellent job leading us into the presence of the Lord? 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 7, tells us this. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead, according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. I'm suffering trouble. I'm sitting in a jail cell as I pen this letter. But don't ever mistake that even though they bind me up, there's something that they can never bind. And that's the Word of God. I want to preach to us on this subject. No restrictions. No restrictions. One more time. Would you just lift your hand and raise your voice and let's ask God to speak to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, your anointing has already filled the sanctuary. You've anointed the songs that have been sung and the words that have been spoken. And now we are praying that you would speak to us with certainty and clarity and conviction. Let your word do what is designed to do. And we give you all praise, give you all glory, give you all honor in the name that's above every other name. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you love the Lord, just shout yes. yes. You ready to go to heaven? Shout yes. yes. You ready for three hours of great preaching? Shout yes. yes. Feels good at Calvary. You may be seated. Thank you for standing with me. Well, we're reading here in our text. We find that the author is no stranger to Scripture. The Apostle Paul is speaking to his son, Timothy, in the faith. And you can look at it through a certain perception that it's an elder writing to a younger. It's one who has been seasoned and has been around for quite some time. Now taking his effort and energy and handing the baton to the one that is up and coming, who is about to step foot onto the scene. History tells us that while he was penning these words from a jail cell, he was about to be martyred for the gospel of Jesus Christ, knowing that his life was about to come to an end, realizing that his last chapter was about to be finished. It puts a little more emphasis on the words that he is speaking, knowing that these, in essence, are his last words words. And if you know that you've only got so much time, you would want to choose your words very carefully. I don't think you would want to spend your time talking about the weather or who's playing in tonight's game, but you would really want to express what you feel on the inside. Let somebody know how you feel deep down in the depths of your soul. And he starts this epistle by telling Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. He's telling this young man, if you're going to be successful, you have to stand up and square your shoulders, lift your head up high, and know in whom you believe. In the world... It is not like it is in the kingdom. In the world, there is thoughtlessness and thanklessness, carelessness and conceitedness, forgetfulness and foolishness, fearfulness and worldliness. But that's not the way it is in the kingdom. There's thankfulness and prayerfulness, joyfulness and peacefulness, happiness and healthiness and holiness in his kingdom. And he is trying to somehow express to his young servant in the faith that you have got to be willing to do whatever it takes. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, he said, you have to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. It won't always be a bed of roses. It won't always be dancing on mountaintops. You won't always be able to shout and rejoice. There'll be days that you'll have to crawl through the valley. There'll be days that life doesn't go the way you plan, desire, or orchestrate. Life can blindside you. It can take you by surprise, and it can catch you off guard. But we have a promise that we can hold to, and that is his word. That when things don't go the way you want them to, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 8, he said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, 
but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. When things are going and this is going a little shaky, hold on to the words of eternal life. It'll keep you when you can't keep yourself. Psalm 119 and 9 said, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? Psalm 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If you stick with the word, you won't end way over in left field. If you stick with the word, you won't end over on the extreme right. If you stick with the word, Psalm 119 and 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 119 and 133 says, Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Psalm 119 and 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing. Somebody ought to say nothing. Slap somebody upside the head and say nothing. Nothing shall offend them. Paul said, hey, buddy, there's a place you can go where people can't talk you out. They can't gossip you out. They can't slander you out. You can get to a place in the word. It can't push you out, maneuver you out. There's a place you can put your feet on solid ground. And so he continues on in this chapter. And if at first glance I didn't catch it, but I looked again and I noticed that the text that we read has a little more importance to it. In verse number seven, the apostle says, consider what I'm getting ready to say. Then in verse number eight, he says, remember what I'm getting ready to say. A double emphasis that's not normally seen in Scripture. Verse number 7, he says, consider now, you better get your iPhone out, put it in your notes. Consider what I'm about to tell you, son. And remember, you better remember what I'm getting ready to tell you. That Jesus was raised from the dead according to the gospel. And so I'm suffering trouble as an evildoer. I'm surrounded by criminals. Those that have broken the law. Those that have done wrong. Those that have made mistakes. But I'm bound up right now. But there's something you have got to make sure you understand. The word of God is not bound. He prefaced by talking about Jesus, and in John 1, 1, it said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then in verse 14, he says, And that Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He's convincing his son in the faith that the word is not bound and Jesus is not bound. Jesus has no restrictions. Jesus can move outside the realm of physics. He's not limited in time. He's not confined to space. He's not delegated with a certain capability. He is able to do exceeding. 
and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And that Jehovah that we worshiped in the Old Testament, that Jehovah that was so much to so many. He was Adam's redeemer, Abel's vindicator, Abraham's sacrifice, Noah's ark, Jacob's star, Joseph's dream, Gideon's captain, Samson's strength, Joshua's champion, Deborah's authority, Esther's integrity, David's music, Solomon's wisdom, Micah's mercy, Malachi's messenger, Isaiah's prince, Jeremiah's balm, Ezekiel's wheel, Elijah's just fire. That word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that word operates on a realm. That word operates on a plane. That word operates on a level. You can't even really explain how great Jesus really is. You can see even the word of the Lord had a hard time describing just how great he is. Colossians 1.18 said he's the head of the body. Ephesians 5.23 said he's the head of the church. John 1.29 said he's the Lamb of God. Revelation 5.5 said he's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. John 8.12 said he's the light of the world. John 8.58 said he's the I am that I am. Deuteronomy 4 and 24 said he's a consuming fire. Isaiah 28 and 5 said he's the diadem of beauty. Hebrews 2 and 10 said he's the captain of our salvation. Uh, Proverbs 18 and 10 say so he's a strong tower that the righteous run into and they are safe. Song of Solomon 2.1 said he's the rose of Sharon. He's the lily of the valley. Revelation 22 and 16 said he's the bright in the morning star. He's the root. He's the offspring of David. Isaiah 9 and 6 said he's the prince of peace. Acts 3.15 he's the prince of life. Psalm 24.10 he's the king of glory. Matthew 27.11 he's the king of the Jews. First Simple 117, he's the king eternal. 1 Corinthians 2.8, he's the Lord of glory. Acts 10.36, he's the Lord of all. Haggai 1.5, he's the Lord of hosts. Matthew 9.38, he's the Lord of the harvest. 1 Timothy 6.15, so he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. The old church used to say, he's the doctor in the sick room. He's a lawyer in a courtroom. He's a rock in a weary land. He's a shelter in the time of storm. He's a bridge over troubled waters. He's a rainbow after the long rain. He's a heart mender. He's a mind regulator. He's a soul satisfier. He's a problem fixer. He's the alpha, but he's the omega. He's the beginning, but he's the ending. He's the author but he's the finisher. He's which is and which was and which is to come. Somebody ought to shout that name, Jesus. And with Jesus, there are no restrictions. First John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If Christ is in you, there's nothing too hard. There's nothing too difficult. There's nothing too complicated. 
If there's a life, you can live it. If there's a star, you can reach it. If there's a job, you can do it. If there's a class, you can teach it. If there's a book, you can write it. If there's a degree, you can earn it. If there's a business, you can build it. If there's a barrier, you can break it. If there's a song, you can sing it. If there's a gospel, you can preach it. If there's a hell, you can miss it. If there's a heaven, you can make it. You can do all things. Paul said in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ. Why is it not because of my abilities, accomplishments, or accolades? Not because of my insight, intelligence, or ingenuity. Not because of my prosperity, proficiency, or productivity. Not because of my efficiency, education, or expertise. Not because my mastery, my means, or my money. But Colossians 1, 27 says, is Christ in you? the hope of glory Christ in you oh somebody ought to just clap your hands to the Lord for a moment for with him there are no restrictions with the word on our side nothing is too hard Nothing is too impossible. We were in a service not long ago, and we had worshiped God, and we had preached just a little sermon and gave an invitation to come down to the front. If you needed a healing, if you need a miracle in your life, we want you to come. And so different ones were coming. And as we were praying for them, the ministry all together, one lady in particular came down to the front. and She looked at me and she said, pray for me, I am deaf. And I had to have her repeat it for me one time. And she said, pray for me, I am deaf. She said, I can read lips just a little bit. And I noticed her in the service during the sign language section. And so I don't know any shortcuts. I don't know how to do anything besides call on the name of Jesus. I said, hey, we just going to believe the Lord. We're going to pray together in Jesus' name. I wish I was cool like some other people. Man, they throw pixie dust on you. They slap you and knock you over. Man, I, got, I don't have to do any of that. But I know this. There's a Savior that has all power in heaven and in earth. There's a God that can do anything, any place, anywhere, at any time. And so we started praying and we're calling on the name of Jesus. And then she went through and somebody else came. And as we were praying, I heard what can only be explained as a Pentecostal war hoot. I started hearing, yeah, 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 yeah. And I look over and mama is dancing. Her head's bobbing back and forth. She said, I can hear, 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 I can hear. You could feel faith coming to the building. But almost instantly after that, I felt doubt just come right in. And I never did anything like this before. I haven't done it since. But I just felt so strong. I asked the pastor, so it's okay if I just do a little something. He said, well, sure. And so I went over and I grabbed his precious sister by the hand. And I said, I asked the church, does everybody know this lady? Yes, she's a member in the church. So she's been coming here for years and years. Yes. 
So everybody knows that she's not able to, not able to hear. Yes. So, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do something a little unorthodox. We're going to get at the front of the church. You're going to put your back to my back. I'm going to take three steps that way. You're going to take three steps that way. I'm going to put my hand over my mouth. I'm going to shout something, and you're going to repeat it back. So, okay. And so we got together, and we went three steps that way, and she went three steps that way. Put my hand over my mouth. Said, I want you to say this, that God has just healed my body. She turned around. She said, God has just healed my body. I said, come on now. We're going to take it one step further. So I'm going to walk on the whole other side of the church. You're going to walk on the other side of the church. You're not going to look at me, and I'm not going to look at you. I'm going to put my hand over my mouth, and I'm going to scream out something. You're going to scream it back to the church. By now, everybody's watching. Kids have gotten off their iPads. People quit checking Facebook. We were operating in the miraculous. She went over all there, all the way over there. I went all the way over there, and you could feel it. See, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You can't see faith, but buddy, you can feel faith. It's a substance. It's tangible. You can reach out and grab it. When it's in the room, you know it without doubt, question, or reservation. Everybody just kind of watching. She gets all the way to the other side of the church. I get all the way on the other side of the church. I put my hand over my mouth. So this is what you're going to say. My ears have just been open and I can hear. She turned around. She put her hand on her hip. She said, my ears. Have to, that's all it took. People started running up and down the aisles. Even grandma started two-stepping just a little bit. Everybody... You know what that was? It wasn't the building, and it wasn't the speaker, it wasn't the pew, it wasn't the lights, it wasn't the organization. There was somebody that stepped into the room that has all power. There's nothing he can't do. There's no life he cannot change. There's no sickness he can't heal. There's no disease he can't. Your problem's not bigger than God. He's able to do it. He's able to perform the miraculous. Who's that God that we serve? Isaiah 46 and 10. So he declares the end from the beginning. Zechariah 12 and 1 said he lays the foundation of the earth. Isaiah 40, 22 says he sits on the circle of the earth. Psalm 104 and 3 says he walks on the wings of the wind. John 20, 19 says he walks through shut doors. Daniel 3, 25 says he walks in the fire. Matthew 14, 26 says he walks on the water. Colossians 1.16 says he created all things. 1 John 3.20 says he knows all things. Proverbs 15 and 3 says he sees all things. And Mark 10.27 says he can do all things. He can do all things. I'm not going to be too much longer. But it wasn't long ago. I was driving in the car and I got a phone call. Looked down, I didn't recognize the number, and so I answered, and the voice came back on the other end and said, May I speak to Minister Smith, please? Well, not so many people call me by that particular title. I said, I said Well, this is he. How can I help you? And he said, Well, this is 
uh, Brother So-and-so from such-and-such -such Baptist church, and uh, I'm sitting on the board of our convention, and uh, we would like to know if you would come and be one of the speakers. I said, well, absolutely. I didn't ask if they had the right Brother Smith, not for your life. I said, yeah, that's me. I'll go ahead and sign up. And he started telling me, he said, well, we've got different speakers coming, and this is where you're going to be in the lineup. Need you to be there at such and such time, at such and such location. He said, and the theme of the convention is the Word of God. I said, all right, let's do it. So I went to the convention. Have you ever walked in somewhere and you thought, I am out of my league? I feel that about most places I walk into. I am way out of my league. I sit down and I start looking around at the different speakers of huge Baptist churches and Presbyterian churches and non-denominal churches, TV personalities. and All of them are on the same docket to speak and my name is listed with them. And I'm just sitting back in amazement and in awe because every speaker that spoke, there were no mistakes. They did not say uh or um. They never stumbled over the, their words. They spoke with perfect eloquence. And every speaker that got up had their suit jacket buttoned. And I looked down and my suit jacket was unbuttoned. So I buttoned it real fast. <laughs> Trying to at least catch up. So my name was getting ready to be next, and the speaker in front of me was up, and I was enjoying everything that he had to say. I'm not going to repeat his name. A very well-known speaker and Ph.D. and uh, very reputable and educated, and I was just really enjoying the message that he was giving. And somehow he had a little line in his message. He said, and on the subject of speaking in tongues. He said, we know if anybody speaks in tongues today, it's because they are demon-possessed. I thought, oh God, here we go. <laughs> he said, however, there are some that speak in tongues and they are not demon-possessed. They have mental deficiencies and they cannot even think for themselves. By now, I'm praying in my seat, oh God, what am I supposed to do now? Help me, Jesus. And I'm praying, I'm sitting there just silently talking to myself, saying, now, I don't want to come up and bring confusion. God is not the author of confusion. I don't want to come and mess with anybody's theology or say the wrong thing. God, you're going to have to help me. What am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to react? And just as sure as I'm standing before you today, I felt the Lord speak to me in that moment and said, they asked for my word, so speak my word. Would it be okay if I just shared maybe five minutes of the sermon I share with them, with you tonight in this service? Would that be okay? I just got up and thanked everybody for the invitation, gave honor to the host board, and gave honor to all the other speakers. 
I said, all right. Genesis 101. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Isaiah 40 and 8 says, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Psalm 119 and 89 says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory is earth only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 1 Timothy 3.16 says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Colossians 1.15 says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things are created by him and for him. Colossians 2 and 8 says, Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of this world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Philippians 2 and 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God has highly exalted him, and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Acts 4.12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. I felt so good, I unbuttoned my suit jacket. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with the other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
Acts 4.18, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Acts 4.20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Acts 6 and 8, and Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Acts 6.10, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Acts 19, and it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul the ambassador of the upper coast came into Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him, which shall come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues. Music, get ready to come. Music, music. And I went to say the next scripture. And when I did, one of the ministers jumped up in the back and said, excuse me for a minute. And I thought, I didn't interrupt nobody else. And they're looking at me and they're looking back at these uh, pastors and bishops and church leaders and looks back at me and says, I feel something I've never felt in all my ministry. I don't know what I'm feeling. Da -da -ba -ba -ba. Start speaking in tongues. God filled them with the Holy Ghost. You better not tell him how he can move and how he can't move. You better not tell him what he can do and what he can't do. He's a God that operates with no restrictions. He's bigger than a local. He's bigger than national. He's bigger than regional. He's bigger than global. He's bigger than organizations. He's bigger than denominations. He's the God that operates with no restriction. Stand with me all across the house. Stand with me. After that, I just put my notes in my Bible, went over, sat down. Convention came to a close, and I was got my Bible and my belongings, and I was getting ready to leave. And before I could make it out, that same bishop met me. He said, "Young man, I need to speak to you." So, yes, sir. He said, "There's something that needs to be said to you." All right. He said, "It's obvious you are not demon possessed." He never said anything about the mental deficiency, but he said I was a demon possessed. I said, well, thank God. He said, but you have something we don't have at our church. Could you come and preach to us about the power of the Holy Ghost? It's Honey, Jesus is about to come back. And when he comes back, he's coming after a church. His church is a glorious church. His church is a holiness church. His church is spirit-filled. His church knows how to worship. His church knows how to praise. His church knows how to dance. I feel it's about to explode in the house.
This church has no restrictions. This church crosses over different cultures, different colors, different creeds. And one day when the church is reunited up in glory, and when we walk down that street of gold, and we see the gates of pearl and the walls of jasper, we're going to have the same praise. Thank you that I wasn't worth saving, but you saved me. Thank you I didn't deserve it. I was unfit. I'm unworthy. I am unsuited. I am undeserving but thank you for saving me thank you for picking me up out of darkness placing me on a solid ground one day the church is going to worship all around the globe together and it's going to be the same praise all at once I wish we could get a little taste of heaven tonight. We would say thank you. But if I was Chinese, I would say Odia. If I was Danish, I'd say Mangatat. If I was Italian, I'd say Grazia. If I was Hebrew, I'd say Totoraba. If I was Greek, I would say Eucharisto. If I was Japanese, I'd say Domo Oregato. If I was Portuguese, I'd say Obligado. If I was Spanish, I'd say Muchas Gracias. If I was French, I'd say Merci Beaucoup. If I was German, I'd say Danke Schön. If I was Russian, I'd say Spasiba. If I was Kenyan, I'd say Ashanta. If I was Ghanaian, I'd say Madasi Mapi. If I was Zulu, I would say India Boka. If I was Sutu, I would say Kayali Boha. If I was deaf, somebody ought to run to an altar and say, I'm so thankful that you saved me. I'm so thankful that you filled me with the Holy Ghost. You want the Holy Ghost tonight? It's for you. You haven't gone too far. You haven't made too many mistakes. 